Hi, welcome to Menopause Buddies. My name is Annie. I've set up Menopause Buddies with the aim of being a buddy to women starting on their perimenopause journey. It's a place where women can listen to other women sharing their experiences, what symptoms they had, how they coped and what therapies and strategies they've used to get through it. Join me every Sunday evening when I speak to a woman about her personal journey. Today I'm joined by Karen. Karen has been an HR director and a chief people officer for the last 20 years. And she's also been a menopause champion for all the companies she's worked for, as well as setting up menopause cafes for these companies and for the CIPD. Um, good morning, Karen. Good morning, Annie. Lovely to speak to you this morning. Really nice to have you on the podcast. Karen, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. Um, I've worked in the people profession for the majority of my career. I've always had people as part of my responsibilities. Um, and so the day job goes on and on with that. Outside of that, I've got a grown up family. I've got grandchildren now. Um, I've been working very closely with bodies to try and advance the conversations around menopause purely because um, I was one of those women who sort of slept, walked their way through it without always understanding what was happening because I don't remember having any conversations with my mum about this. Um, although I would hope to have some with my, certainly with my daughter-in-laws and my grandchildren to make sure they're aware. And in particular, mm. it's really important to get men on board because men will have sisters and mothers and partners and spouses, etc., And we all need to understand what those things mean. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and where are you in your menopause journey at the moment? Well, I'm going to say mine, I'm going to start by saying, Annie, that, you know, although every woman or nearly every woman will go through the menopause at some point, every woman's journey will be different. And I'll give you some stories about how I know this. Right. Mine started in my 30s, only very vaguely and very faintly, but it definitely started in my 30s. And when I went to the GP, I was told it was stress. Um, mm. So first thing to remember is the symptoms of the menopause can be very similar to the symptoms of stress. Um, it did then go away. So whether it was stress or not, we'll wait to see. Um, came back a bit again in my 40s period, started to get a little bit erratic. Um, came back really in full force in my 50s. Um, and, and was there hanging around and now I've reached that sixth decade. Um, it's still just there. And the reason I know it's still there is um, I had a routine smear appointments and a gynecologist discussion. And the gynecologist I saw let me know very carefully and very kindly that my career as a woman um, was still going on in terms of the menopause hadn't quite finished with me as of yet. Right. Now, that's um, not always typical. Some people sell through it in a matter of two or three years. In the main, from the women I've spoken to, um, anything between five and ten. But it yes. doesn't mean that you're having um, really full-on symptoms for all of that time. No, no, they, they come and go, don't they? They do, they do. Um, most common time for women can start around mid to late 40s, 46, 48 and you start to really see the impact perhaps around your early 50s. Now, interestingly, that is usually when people, women are reaching the real pinnacles in their career. But it yes. also comes at the time of, if you have children, that children are leaving home, perhaps going off to university or finishing university and not coming back home. We have aging parents. Um, and our relationships have been 
in the main together for a long time and you start to see some not cracks in them but those relationships changing at the same time and so it's an awful lot emotionally for anybody to cope with because it certainly becoming... is when you put all that together it's a perfect storm isn't it it is it is yeah. um and it's one where the symptoms then of the menopause can be masked by the other things that are happening yes. so it's natural to feel a little bit emotional if the family are not the family's not breaking up but the family are leaving home um, and spreading their wings and, and you feel as a mum you perhaps don't have the same role anymore because they don't come to you for everything they don't need you for everything and you've invested all those years so you sort of and your parents then start to need you in a different way um very sadly now lots of of our parents have dementia or we find women with caring responsibilities as well as family responsibilities um, and so their own personal needs and the ability to look after their own mental health and well-being goes much further down the list than you'd expect to see. Um, and so that say the symptoms go masked, but they feel them acutely. And this is when you get that sort of questioning around, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, and again, you know, general malaise, et cetera, all of these things are often symptoms of other things. And so menopause is often misdiagnosed. So people are treated for anxiety or depression and sometimes you know, those things can um, accompany the menopause. But it's really quite striking that actual people who understand the menopause, um, that's only really starting to come to the fore in the last sort of three or four years. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and, what, and what did you do? Did you do anything specific to help you through? Yeah, well, I mean, if I if I sort of look at it from from the professional point of view to start with now i wasn't clear what was happening what i did know from a from a physical point of view was um i was experiencing symptoms which i wasn't quite clear what they were there was nobody really to talk to them about because sadly my mum had died at this point um and so i i didn't quite know where to go so i turned to as you do dr google uh, <laughs> and i put in what are these symptoms that came from everything from um an impending heart attack to at the very small end and in very small letters menopause um and i didn't know but i actually went to the doctor's surgery and there was a very handily there was a women's magazine and when i opened it it was about the menopause when i read it i'd got every symptom <laughs> from you know night sweats to or daytime sweats to mouth dryness to producing too much saliva to vaginal dryness and i was thinking i'm, a, I'm just a walking <laughs> walking menopause case didn't quite know what to do with it all then I saw my doctor and said I think this is what I've got and it was a man who looked at me and said right. don't be so ridiculous you're far too young it's stress so I duly felt told off and I went away and told myself it was stress but I kept a note of these symptoms and they kept coming so I then sort of tried other things spoke to girlfriends and again mine I say because it started quite early on the initial stages mm. um even sort of pre-perimenopausal um and so I, I was looking for things I tried every herbal remedy there was um there were all sorts of things about taking up yoga and in particular standing on your head for half an hour is supposed <laughs> to be very good not always worthy when you've got kids and dogs running around you know you get knocked over or people <laughs> come to the door and think you're all just gone a little bit batty um all those things and then I found this marvelous thing in boots which and I looked it up in a magazine and various other things people were saying was absolutely the thing that relieved um, the menopausal symptoms, so the hot flushing, night sweats, um, and general feeling of emotional 
Um, you know, all the emotions just sitting slightly under the surface. So you're about to burst into tears at any point. And believe me, when you're the only female in a boardroom of men, the last thing you want to be doing is taking your coat clothes on and off because you're too hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, or sitting there absolutely perspiring and bright red in the face because you don't want to take your jacket off. Um, or the feeling that if somebody challenges something that you're absolutely right on your grounds on and you burst into tears. I know it didn't help the professional image. So yeah. anyway, there's this marvellous thing called the Menno Stone. The, the what? The Menno Stone. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Hmm. It was a little blue tear-shaped stone. It was um, ceramic, I would say. Right. And it, it had a magnet on the back of it, which it was, again, a bit like, and I thought, well, this is going to be similar to those copper bracelets that people wear and swear by for arthritis and rheumatism. Oh, yes. yeah. So I thought, right, I shall get me one of those. In fact, I'll get me two because, you know, two is going to be better than one. Um, and I went and Julie got them, asked very quietly because um, it wasn't the sort of thing you went to the counter because it was mostly men behind the counter in boots and saying, I'd like a menno stone, please. One, because either they didn't know what it was and you'd have to explain it. Or secondly, I perhaps didn't want to admit that I was reaching a stage in life where I needed such things um and so anyway i found one i bought it and i bought two and it's this little heart-shaped ceramic stone with a magnet attached to the back and you put it on to your underwear and it's supposed oh. to relieve the symptoms so <laughs> great discreet no one's going to see it's there so i duly did this and um i think perhaps again perhaps psychosomatically um i believed it was doing something um, we went on holiday and going through the scanner at the airport, I set everything off <laughs> and I thought, ah, oh, this is the watch. It's the, this, it's the other, no, none of those things. And then holding the queue up, cause you know, everybody's trying to go on holiday and everyone's trying yeah. to get through security. This, um, very nice security person started to do the Geiger counter over me. No response at all until it got to my groin. <laughs> well, it went berserk and everybody you know when you feel everybody is looking at you and laughing at you um and you're thinking oh my lord what is this so um and then i had to go into a cupboard <laughs> and show them what it was oh my um, word and then so interesting things because of course magnet you don't realize how many things are magnetized yeah so um credit cards they'll stick to you there dogs, <laughs> dogs find it rather attractive um and it was quite strange you know i was walking <laughs> to walk because you should walk for your well-being doing that and i started getting a trail of dogs coming after me i personally at home wearing them um and then one day <laughs> going to, it dropped into the toilet and i'm thinking is this working can i actually if i flush the loo it's going to go away and have to go and find rubber gloves to try and hoik this thing out um and i so i i make light of it but it was i felt it was doing some good um and I've talked to, to colleagues since and said, these are all the things I've tried. I've had one of my colleagues who ate nothing but cauliflower for a week because yes, she went somewhere that this would do something. Um, try it, anything, don't you? Just you try to, anything. I mean, yeah. she, certainly, she certainly had a lot of flatulence, but whether or not that counteracted. She said she hadn't had any night sweats, but it had given her very, very bad flatulence. Uh, so, yeah. And this is one of the key things about now why it is so important that the medical profession take it seriously, that doctors take it seriously, that your employer takes it seriously, and that women can openly talk about it because yes. we could quite easily do ourselves, I mean, we can have fun with it. I mean, 
I tell these stories regularly because I think it helps people to see the funny side sometimes. Um, but it is really one of those things that we do need far better medical attention on and far better medical research into. Luckily, that is now starting to happen. Um, and if, again, having used Dr. Google, uh, I have to say the caveat is, ladies, always speak to your GP. Um, Definitely. On the, on the internet can often not be what they seem. Um, many GP surgeries now will have a menopause specialist or a GP in the practice who is a gynecologist or specialises in um, female reproductive systems at all ends, at the start and at the end of it. Always ask, please don't get fobbed off if your GP says, oh, we don't do any of that, or the receptionist says we don't do any of that. Um, it's really important. Or ask to see a specialist. There is, you know, We tend to listen to doctors um, and, and take what they say and, and believe that we're in the wrong for asking. But we really must keep at it and say, no, I really need to see a specialist. Yeah, and, and there's so many more nowadays, aren't there, than there, there are, were there in are. the last five years. Absolutely. Um, maybe we could um, develop a little bit because of your HR role. I know that you've been quite a champion of menopause in the workplace. Um, it would be useful to maybe go down that route a little bit, just to, to maybe give smaller companies some tips on what they can do to just enable women to keep working Fantastic. when they when they do reach the menopause. Well, thank you very much for giving me a platform to talk about this, Annie. Um, yes, I did. Why, why did I do it? Um, I spent a lot of my career in the education sector in further and higher education. Um, and these are sectors which are predominantly staffed by females. So most colleges, universities will have something like a 60-40 or 70-30 split for males and females. So females mm. being the larger group. Schools, again, you find in lots of women are attracted to um, the education sector because there is a lot of flexibility in working practices and working hours. So a lot of term time working, uh, which enables women to come back into the workplace and still manage their childcare responsibilities. Um, and particularly when you hit that huge summer break where you are either thinking about you've got to give your job up or you're paying out more for childcare than you are for um, the ability to go to work. Um, and so looking at that and then looking at the age range of women and just my own experience of sort of going through these things and the not the battles that I had with doctors etc you know being dismissed mm. with stress or whatever it was I thought right someone is going to have to someone you know the in inverted commas there's someone is going to have to stand up and do something here um and that someone ended up if it was going to happen had to be me um and I used my rather privileged position, if you like, of sitting on the executive leadership team as the place to do it. Um, and the one good thing was that men still will often, oh dear, the mention of a women's matter will sort of bury their heads a little bit or just say, yes, you go off and do it. So I found it quite easy to get a little bit of funding because they really didn't want to have to be involved in the conversation. <laughs> um, and looked at things like sick pay policies and um things that that deal with sickness but not with the types of things that or the symptoms that menopause can do or how debilitating some of those symptoms can be um so i started talking also i've got lots of female friends who are in similar sort of positions work wise to me and i thought right here's an opportunity to get together with a bottle of wine um, or water because alcohol can trigger the hot flushes quite quickly exactly. so that we can have a discussion around it trying to put and these are all friends I've had for many years you know personal friends as well as professional ones um and saying to them right let's get here and have this discussion um 
we came together so there were five of us um mom was having absolutely no symptoms at all knew she was in the menopause she'd have blood tests etc knew she'd go in there so it was not as sympathetic because it's mind mm. over matter and you can really control these things if you put your mind to it um to somebody who literally would normally run the world but suddenly couldn't do anything found herself in tears all of the time um and was considering leaving her job mm. now, you know it's far better for women in in business now it's easier to write you know to get to the most senior positions it wasn't if we're going back 10 or 15 years yeah. it wasn't good um so to lose those people from the workforce because their performance was being affected was really going to be a severe impact for females um so we talked about it we talked about what we could do we looked at policy because that's the first place you would start you know what's the organizational policy on something and of course no policy mentioned menopause um it was sort of covered and say oh we deal with it under sickness but it isn't sickness no. condition technically it could be classed as a disability if it's very severe because it's liable to last for more than a year and it can severely impact on your ability to do things day to day um so starting there was the first point for it um and then feeling brave enough to stand up and say in front of colleagues i'm a woman of an age now where this is happening to me um these are the symptoms i'm experiencing these are the things in the workplace which i find very challenging um, I need to move my desk, please. I need to sit near it to a window. I need to um, be closer to the loo. I need to urinate more frequently. Now, most people are not comfortable to have that sort of dialogue, even with the best managers in the world, because yeah. it's a very personal thing. Um, and so the, the safety in numbers of having a group together that can do that, then you get that sort of power of the collective and that critical mass that can do this. Um, and I then said I wanted to host a menopause event. Um, again, it was looking at the workforce. It was how we could get better engagement. So it's part of a wider engagement activity. Um, and I publicised it and we were a multi-site organisation. Um, so nobody was in the same place. We had to allow in you know, a time. And I spoke to managers and said, I want if people want to come to this, I need you to support them. I need you to publicise it and I need you in your team meetings to say this is taking place if people want to go just let us know not that we need to know that's what you're going for purely that we might be covering your any work for two hours there's a lot of people go so the first one I hosted um and I did it in conjunction with a trade union who were actually quite active in developing menopause policy right oh, excuse me <coughs> um people didn't quite understand the link with the trade union so I think that put people off so we didn't have very many people come <coughs> sorry excuse me right. I carried on spreading the word and the next time I offered one um, and I offered sandwiches and coffee and tea and water I had 62 people come oh wonderful <coughs> sorry I've got a tick on it um all age ranges people from in their 20s and 30s who more informed, wanted to know what to expect when it came. Mm. The women in the full-flown um, drive of what was happening to them, and some that were coming out the other side. And I thought this is going to be a serious subject, so I brought them together and I said, "Okay, just before we start." And um, the IT wouldn't work, so the IT technicians were there trying to fix it behind me. And I started the conversation with, "This is there's going to be a lot of bad language in this. There is we are going to mention terms like." vaginal dryness <laughs> we are going to mention body odor and these two it technicians i've never seen anybody fix something as quick. 
they were gone and they were out the door. Brilliant. It, it broke the ice for the women yes. in the room. Um, and yeah. the number of said, you know, I hate my husband. I've been with him since so we were childhood sweethearts and up until the last two years, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, I couldn't imagine life with anybody else. Now I can't bear him in the room. Oh. Um, and there may have been other things, but it was very clearly around the symptoms that she yes. was experiencing. Yeah. Um, and she didn't want to have sexual intercourse anymore because everything was too dry and too painful. Um, or she was very hot all of the time. And it just gave this room the opportunity to speak. Um, and they went away and spread it to others. And the next one we had 150 and then we got up to 200 people. Oh, fantastic. Now, people with lived experiences. So this sort of triggered something else for me. How, what else are our people um, living with? <clears throat> so we started a number of them and this was just pre-pandemic. Um, so we then did a carer's cafe because again, um, I have caring responsibilities. There are a lot of women who take these additional responsibilities alongside everything else. Caring was not something that was covered in any policy. So you might have, you know, that interruption to your school care for a day and you get a day to sort it out, but not for somebody who's caring for somebody perhaps yeah. with dementia who needs to suddenly go because they've gone missing or who needs to go to a um, to an Alzheimer's group with them or to get them yeah. to a medical appointment. Um, and so we hosted this as well too. And again, it helped. Um, the chief exec was very supportive. He came and said a few words, and you know, it's great that Karen's doing all of this. Um, but it helped that I could share that I had the lived experience with people. And quite what I found, this was a group of males and females, but the majority of the females who came were also in the menopause group. Yes, it's the it's the age, isn't it? It's as you were age, saying earlier, yes. yeah. So those yeah. things again. They said it was the first time they'd had the opportunity to to voice anything and to feel supported. And because, to feel not alone, I think, as well, isn't it? If you have absolutely. those sort of menopause groups, it's absolutely. that sometimes you don't even feel comfortable talking to your friends about it, probably more so now. But it's a it's an admission you're getting older. It's some it's lots of intimate things you have to talk about that you, a lot of people don't feel comfortable with. So no, to absolutely. have a forum like that where you can talk about it in a work environment and feel understood. I think that is just so valuable for women. It was, and there are, um, you can get menopause friendly accreditation now. So again, women looking for roles. Sorry, I've got a real tickle at the moment, Annie, apologies. That's all right. <coughs> um, Organisations can now apply for a charter. Um, now, you know, I would say the badge is great, but that's not the important thing. It's the journey, it's what you find out. Um, so we looked at, again, we were having lots of buildings changed at the point and to include a conversation around menopause in that was important. Um, it's sort of people looked at me a bit on and I said, well, you know, how many toilets are we having put in here? Here's the size of the workforce. Here's the female population. Um, and although there was a bit of a drive towards these unisex toilets, I'm um, saying we do need to keep a good group of female only toilets really because our workforce is experiencing this our workforce coming up behind them is going to be experiencing experiencing this soon um, and they need somewhere quiet to be able to go. Um, more frequent needs to go to the loo, you know, all the sort of similar signs that you get, yeah, yeah. You get at any stage in your life. Um, but also about the ventilation, how you can have ventilation, particularly in sort of large buildings where you can't necessarily open windows, but you can have zonal um, ventilation so that not quite as you would in an aircraft where you can adjust your own, but you can zone it so that people who get too hot 
can um, just adjust it slightly. Um, and also, again, if it's all glass, it's lovely to have, but you make sure you've got the right shading so that, well, for anybody really, but in particular for women who are experiencing the hot flush stages, um, the last thing you want is to block out a beautiful view because it's making you too hot and you're too uncomfortable and you, you know, then you you stop performing as well as you could do at work. So there's all sorts of ways which people haven't really thought about in which the conversation around menopause needs to be introduced. Now that's not blocking out things for men or anything else because you know men in their own way go through a similar hormonal change at certain times. Um, but it is just about overall well-being and it's about being a considerate and good employer to yes. take all of these things into account. So um, it's really important to have a champion. If there isn't one, sadly, sometimes you have to take the lonely spot and become that champion. Um, it doesn't doesn't turn you into a raging feminist or any of those things. It is just about recognising the needs of women in the workplace uh, and making sure, again, having those conversations with women who aren't at that stage of life yet, but to make sure that when it starts to happen to them, they're prepared and know where to go and who to talk to if they're having issues in the workplace. Absolutely. Many yeah. organisations now have a separate menopause policy in place. Um, and that's not about giving um, a, an excuse to women to, to do something. It is about something which generally can affect performance. Yeah, and it's retaining women when they're at their peak rather than losing them, isn't it? It's in Absolutely. everyone's interests. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I've written blogs on this as well. Um, the first one I posted, again, it, it's that thing, it's about, there's a slight sort of period where you think, oh, do I really want people to read this about me? Do I, you know, am I going, yes, to, yeah. going to look at me differently? Anyway, I was brave and I did it. Um, and I had some comments back that said, crikey, that's brilliant. And the first three reshares you've had have been from men. Um, so it's yeah. great. It didn't happen to be that they were my sons. Um, but, you know, it's the fact I would want my sons to be understanding about the emotional changes and physical changes that women go through exactly yeah. in their lives. Oh, it's been wonderful talking to you, Karen, and um, I've just really enjoyed it. And I, but thank you, Karen, for all your wonderful experience and knowledge. It's a pleasure, Annie, and I hope it's you know if if women listen to this and take one thing from it, I hope it's helpful for everybody. Good, great, okay, thanks, Karen. Bye, thanks, Annie. Bye, bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Karen. I found it really interesting hearing about her experiences. However, I think I'll give the men a stone a pass. It's bad enough going through airport security without setting off another alarm. If you'd like to chat to me on Menopause Buddies, please email me at annie at menopausebuddies.co.uk. Until next time.